Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Estonia. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites and at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. We really do. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? I'm good. Once again, I've had a good week. What about you? I've had a good week, yeah. Yeah. A week of freedom in the UK, (laughs) apparently, as we emerge from COVID hell. Yeah, not much has changed for me. But yeah, on the way over here, actually, I did remark to you earlier, didn't I, Monty? Yeah, it's definitely, um, people definitely not wearing masks. People definitely think it's back to normal now. So Yeah, I went to the South Coast at the weekend and it was carnage on the way back uh, in a train from Brighton. It was like coming back from Pride with everybody completely off their face and (laughs) rammed into the carriages. So let's see how it all lasts. But we are safe and sound here at Cherry Towers. And we've got another episode to bring you. Um, But let's just reflect on last week's episode. We had Big Daddy Carson on as a guest last week. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was. Um, Personally, I enjoyed doing it. And um, a few people texted us, didn't they, actually, personally, and said that that was a great, one of the best episodes we've done. So I kind of, yeah, I'm really pleased with that. Um, He was a lovely guy. We know that because, you know, he's his friend. Mm. Um, But quite open and honest and candid and... Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm really glad we've got somebody like him on the podcast, actually. Yeah, it was fantastic. We have had some personal messages, but also we've had some tweets as well. So, um, Bob said, friend of the parish, um, and he was tweeting this on Freedom Day because that's when it came out. So, feeling anxious about Freedom Day? Then try this monumental second cherry episode that plows through some Eurovision tunes to make us smile with my new hero, Big Daddy Carsten. Oh, uh, thanks, Bob. See what, how he's worked all of those little references to the show in there. Bob does give good wordplay. He does indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Uh, Mo as well. Um, I, Excellent banter from the chaps, as always. <laughs> and it truly felt as though Big Daddy Carson has been a part of this team for years. The correct choice was made, but it was brilliant that you were still able to highlight and celebrate the representation of everyone's favourite Norwegian rapper. Oh, thanks, oh, mate. That's sweet, isn't it? That's he was actually quite... Considering he was on Zoom, me and Monty in the same room, Carsten was obviously in Norway... We actually, there was no awkward pauses or anything. It was, he, he did quite well to keep up with us, considering we were like, it's easy, isn't it, when you're in the same room, right? Mm, absolutely, yeah. Um, we have also um, had a couple of tweets, well, a few tweets, actually. Somebody whose username on Twitter is Macaroni, uh, and their uh, Twitter handle is Minnie the Potato. Uh, Minnie has written... At length, actually, um, a synopsis of um, the the recaps and, and posted it um, in four tweets uh, saying short recaps. I think I'm not sure it's short, Mini, but thank <laughs> you very much. I mean, I'm astonished. I mean, what lengths to go to to uh, to summarise um, what we were discussing in the podcast. I'm, I'm quite taken aback by that. 
that tweet actually just how much detail there is in there it's really it's really lovely thank it's, you it's really sweet you've put in as much effort as I do into editing the podcast so. <laughs> <laughs> well done thank you and uh, yeah some replies to that so uh, just you know saying how um, Vinny's notes um, capture the podcast in a, in, a, in a way that will um, make the memory of the podcast last much longer that's from um, team Eric Harv who is Eric and a string of numbers <laughs> <laughs> my glasses are not even picking up it's too small for me to read um, but thank you very much and uh, um, really lovely to to get that feedback yeah absolutely you can give us feedback too and we'll tell you how to at the end of the show as usual but Monty what country are we doing today we are doing Estonia Esti. Estonia made their debut in 1994 in Eurovision with a song called Nagu Merlen, Like a Sea Wave, by Sylvie Wright. It came 24th out of 25 songs, (laughs) with just two points. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, did deserve it as well. Estonia had actually selected an entry the year before that, in 1993, um, where seven countries that were hoping to make their Eurovision debut had to play through pre-qualification round the Kvalifikatsia and Mill Street but unfortunately the song that was selected did not qualify it was by Janneke Silama uh, called Murtud Melt Ja Sudemeltud Carefree Minds and Hearts it was fifth of those seven songs and only three went through from the Kvalifikatsia so we didn't see Estonia until the year after in 1994. They have participated 26 times and uh, they unfortunately have failed to qualify 10 times and only qualified seven times since the introduction of the semi-final. So, well, I'd like to say a mixed bag, but I think it's not a very good bag, actually, is it? No, in I terms think of, when they do... their qualification record. Yeah, when they do well... They do well, I think. Oh, absolutely. There's some cracking Estonian Mm. songs there. They've won once. um, And talking of cracking Estonian songs, this isn't one. (laughs) 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 The winner in 2001 was uh, was Come On Everybody by Tanelpada, Dave Benton and 2XL. Dave Benton was the oldest person to win Eurovision at the time of victory. I, we mentioned that on the podcast um, before. And they've hosted once as a consequence of winning, uh, hosted in Tallinn in 2002. I'm sorry, that winning song is rubbish. I, it's the years when I struggled with Eurovision, I have to say. It's my my years where I struggled. So, um, yeah, not, not for me. I don't think 2001 was the best of years. It was the year that was held in Copenhagen in the Parken Stadium. And it was massive. Too big. Too big, way too big. I think, you know, proof that you're actually better to get an atmosphere going in a more compact arena, even if, you know, it means that fewer people can attend. I just think that was a bit of a a misstep by the Danes to try and put it in such a, a big venue. And yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm, you know, pleased Estonia won and pleased that, you know, they, you know, a new country coming in, I think is part of that, 
nation branding that actually Dr. Eurovision Paul Jordan wrote his doctorate about. That's I think right. it's a really interesting um, uh, concept of how those newly, newly independent states that had previously been part of the Soviet Union used Eurovision as a platform to build their brand and public image as, as, as states that were new to most people um, and, um, you know, helped put them on a place on the on the international stage. I think that's all all fascinating. But yeah, but just a bit of a shame about the song. Yeah. There were much better things that they could have won with over the years. So that's it. That's Monty's potted history of Estonia at Eurovision. Let's look at this year's national final then, East Lao. So, East Lao 2021, there were 24 entries across two semi-finals on the 18th and 20th of Feb, with 12 songs in the final on the 6th of March at the Saku Surhal in Tallinn. It was hosted by Tonis Nienemet and Greta Kuld. Greta Kuld, my uh, Estonian, unsurprising to everyone, it's not that good. Uh, there was a guest guest performer was actually um, Elena Bourne, who was the 2015 entry with Stigrasta. Um, we we one of the songs that I actually think is one of the really good songs. That is one of the best songs to ever come from Eurovision in my book. I think that is an amazing song. The whole sentiment and mood of the piece. Absolutely everything. It's just, just delicious. And she cried at the end, and I love that. She yeah. can cry on cue, and I think, yes, I want more mm. of that Eurovision. <laughs> oh, just brilliant. She interpreted it so well. Mm. And the mood in the video is just, you know, that, you know, the, oh, I love it. Absolutely adore it. It's a beautiful song. So this national final uh, was won last year by Uku Suvista. Um, he was invited back after winning, because obviously the cancel contest. And so he returned. Just a bit about how you enter Estonia. So the uh, artists and composers of any nationality were able to submit entries and each artist and songwriter was only able to submit a maximum of five entries. Foreign collaborations were allowed as long as 50% of the songwriters were Estonian. A fee was imposed on songs being submitted to the contest with 25 euros for songs in Estonian language and 75 for songs in other languages. I mean, I can see logic in that. Um, I, that amuses me yeah. no end. Though, that, you know, if you want to chuck in a song in a different language, we're going to charge you more for the privilege of doing it. <laughs> I wonder why. I mean, I can understand a little processing fee, you know, because somebody does have, the end have to sit down and sift through those songs, you know, unless you're the BBC and you shunt that out to the fan club, you know, <laughs> where they haven't even listened to these, you know, give them a world and tell us if any of, any of them are any good. Um, <laughs> But um, just <laughs> discrimination in the cost. <laughs> <laughs> but they did receive 156 submissions by the deadline. A 17-member jury panel selected the remaining 23 semi-finalists from the submissions. Of course, the 24th spot was held back for Uku. Interestingly, I don't know if I read this right, and I had to keep going back, and this is Wikipedia telling me this, but Laura, who was over in... The, the Finnish final, Finnish final yeah. who we spoke about the other week, but also is Estonian, mm. was part of this jury. Oh. So she kind of had like a hand in both national finals. A hand in selecting her competition. competition. Yeah. Had she actually mm. won and not but, come last in the Finnish <laughs> national final. <laughs> but yeah, you know, interesting point there. <laughs> 
The final, uh, in the final, the voting was 50-50 Televote and International Jury, which then made up a top three for a super final. And that was Televote only that picked the winner. The three songs that made it to the final were Yuri Pusman with Magus and Melanholia, Sissy with her song Time, and obviously the eventual winner, Uku Suvista and The Lucky One. But as Monty points out, he wasn't quite so lucky. because <laughs> Not by the time he got to Eurovision. No. So just a bit about that. Uku won the super final with 46.4% of the vote. Sissy was second with 289 and Yuri third with 24.7. Interestingly, before that super final, the first part of the final with all the other songs, the televote had Sissy down in eighth place. Um, way behind Uku and Yuri, but set, was saved by first place in the jury vote. Uh, obviously something, there's like more people who voted for all the other artists than switched their vote over to Sissy. Interesting though, because it was a surprise second place then. That's the thing with the Super Final, because it does limit you to the choices. You might well switch your allegiance by the time a song gets there. So you might back something you hadn't backed before because you don't want to give your support or you want to, you know, bolster its chances against something else that you don't want to win. Yeah, I can see it a very divisive song winning all the way through and it gets to a, a super final and loses because it's so divisive. You can see, yeah, it's interesting. There were some international jury members, which there's no one really of note. There was Jan Bors, who's the former Czech Republic head of delegation, Interestingly for us on this podcast was Monique from Lithuania, who was one of my favourites from 2019. No, not 2019, 2020. Yes, Monique, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Uku at Eurovision, as Monty says, didn't do very well. He didn't qualify as 13th in the semi-final with 58 points. Uh, let's have a little listen to The Lucky One. Monty, question we always ask, did the right song win? Oh, I, this is hard to say. I mean, in the sense that he didn't qualify, he was 13th in the final, in the semi-final with just 58 points. In that sense, no, the wrong song won. But then there's also the fact that, you know, he'd been selected as the artist the year before and he was one of the unlucky few that had to compete again through their national final. So I wonder if there was a bit of a sympathy vote for him. Yeah, I don't want to say what I think should have won because that might come up in the songs that we are talking about. Okay. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't the lucky one at the end of the day, was he? No, and I don't think... I'm, I'm like you, we'll come on to the songs, but I do feel like if that wasn't the right choice, I don't really know what would have been my choice. I think it was just one of those national finals, to be honest. Well, I'll tell you what then. Let's talk about the songs. Let's. So the first song that we are going to talk about is One by One, and it's by Hans Neiner. Because even even stars came crossing down 
So Hans is a Mauritian artist who's living in Estonia. Um, his girlfriend is Estonia, which is how he finds himself there. He's not unattractive. <laughs> I was quite drawn to him, I have to say. Um, it's a mid-paced ballad, um, lyrics about love, maybe a little bit cliched, um, but he's very sweet. There's something very endearing about him when he sings it. There's a bit of interpretative dance going on behind him. It's, it's all very nice. You know, love's going to make us better. Love's going to make us one. It, you know, there's nothing particularly startling in this, but it's very nice. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, solid national final song. I say that a lot, but there's a lot, you know, that's, that's what it is. It's, it's a good also round. But uh, there was a really nice VT of him at the start. They did little postcard things at this national final of him playing in the snow with his family. And I thought that was really sweet because obviously oh, sweet. from Mauritius, yeah. Yeah. not necessarily. And I think he was talking about that in interviews and stuff. I did read an interview actually. He said about the song that uh, it's about there's that one thing that fascinates me about people. It's like how much some of them can be awesome in their own way of doing things and how much they can hold on when things go wrong and how much willpower they can put in what they believe. So I think he's kind of like trying to blood out of a stone, trying to get meaning from the song. <laughs> but it's, you know, obviously it has meaning to him. He said, he basically said it's an ode to people. But I like that because I think there's nothing as fascinating as people, you know, whether they're people who you like and get along with and share views with or whether they're people who people who turn out to be, you know, complete idiots or, you know, it's one of the things I like watching something like Big Brother because you get to observe behaviour in people that you would never, ever come across within your circle of social contacts and friends. Um, but I, I do think, I mean, yeah, absolutely. People and the, the way that they behave and the, you know, the way that they interact, there's nothing so fascinating as that. So, you know, that's the inspiration for the song. Then that gives it more brownie points to me. Yeah. It's I, a, bit, a bit dated in its production though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I read an interview as well where um, he was asked, do you have any passions other than music? And as well as uh, sports and amateur graphics, uh, his first response was my girlfriend. So yeah, I mean, that hammers at home. No chance for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's well trained. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Hans is a, he's got a very, um, very attractive Instagram profile. Okay. Yeah. Not that I've been, you know, perfect or anything like Research, that. research, one Absolutely. Research. Got to look these things up. I, I do think his voice is quite sweet though. There's a tone to it that thinks, that makes me think he's probably capable of some really big sort of soul vocals. Um, the song is okay. It's okay. It's good. Really nice one to kick us off, I think. I'd like to see him back in Estilal again. Yeah? Giving it another go. A bit yeah. more soul, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what his usual uh, style of music is, but... I don't care. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to look at him. <laughs> song two is called Heaven's Not That Far Tonight, and it's by Surud Tudgrukut. The name of the band there. Do you know what it translates as, Matt? No, tell me. Big girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, not? you know, they're, well, they're not huge girls, no, but you not. know, they're, um, you know, they've got, they've got a big presence. They're real stage. women. They're real women. Monty. They certainly are. 
what pure, I was going to say unadulterated, but what pure joy <laughs> <laughs> this is. Um, they, they are a little bit cabaret singers for me, uh, but they do have strong voices. A bit like a cabaret, though. Yeah, there's not, that, this, that's not really a slant, but it's just, is that right for this sort of thing? I don't know. But they're more like backing vocalists who've been sort of brought to the forefront, I think. You can sort of tell from their, the type of voices that they have. They're sort of people that you do find in the background, but wearing sparkly disco dresses, like a bit like what your auntie wears at the Christmas party. But it reminds me, it's, it's aunt pop. That's what this is. It's aunt pop, basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think it's a fun song. Really fun song. Dude, it reminds me a little bit of um, Ava and Ava from Melody Festival in this year with Raina Ramadingdong. And we were just, just nonsense. But that was like, you know, a couple of your aunts getting up and doing a turn or, you know, had a couple of sherries at the wedding and they're, <laughs> they're up on the dance floor. Um, the girls here, or the women here, we should really say, um, I mean, they're, 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 they're enjoying themselves. They're, they're up there and they're having fun. There are a couple of um, grand dames in Lurex frocks, I think that material is. It starts feeling like it's going to be a maybe it's introducing a schlager number um but actually once it gets to the chorus it feels as though it's more influenced by disco yeah for sure um and i i really like that there's something of the whole feel of it that reminded me very much of enough is enough by donna summer and barbara streisand yeah yeah it's got a real feel of that to it and um it's kind of stomping. I really, I quite like this. It's just, you know, we are going to get up here and we're going to do what we want to do. And this is going to be, you know, we're going to have a laugh doing it. We get a little guest performance mm-hmm. as well in it because the songwriter is Koit Tume, who we will know um, and we will maybe come to in a moment. And he comes in and delivers some of the, the backing vocals. But they, they do a little sort of box and cocks because they appear as the backing vocalist for his song a little later in the show as well. So uh, I don't know if that was prudence in the fact that they weren't allowed as many people in their studio so they they doubled up um but it was nice to see little coit well looked a little it's quite quite strapping (laughs) it was nice to see him uh, come in and join the the performers for the end of his song it was really quite jolly yeah it kind of reminded me of when the we had pop stars the rivals and they picked girls aloud you know, this TV show that oh. created Girls Loud. And they did exactly that. The girls were backing vocals for each other. I think they were miming. But same thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, yeah, it's cheap labour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying to sort of, you know, justify as a, you know, public health intervention. But yeah, yes. <laughs> saving money. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Heaven's Not That Far Tonight by Surud Tupurukud, the big girls. Song number three then is Riddell with the song Tattoo. Um, explain. Well, Redell 
are no strangers to Eurovision, or the Estilal, at least, um, and are actually no strangers to Second Cherry, because Ooh. they were members of the Estonian group Winnie Pooh. Who, oh, were they? Yes, who are, were our Second Cherry in 2013 for Estonia, with Mirkendimus Oxkoskovs Lexalalaiti. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Hello. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't remember what I haven't written down the translation, but um, yeah, the, the, this is a kind of spin-off project by a couple of the um, the artists. Unsurprisingly, this caught the eye of Roy Delaney, who uh, runs the Eurovision Apocalypse blog, um, which highlights the. Let's call it noteworthy, unconventional <laughs> of Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, this the, the 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 bizarre and the frankly strange. Um, and um, Royce said the group here referred to as Redil, meaning ladder in Estonia, language fans, is made up of Indrek and Christian of the above mentioned Winnie Pooh, and sees our two heroes bouncing cheerily down a tunnel, telling us about how lots of their local towns are made of wood and how Tartu. It's really very nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally it. That's that's that literally what's yeah. the song. There's one lyric about finding the entrance to a bottom or something, but that's it. It's all very much, this place is wooden, this place is wooden, this place is made of wood, this place is wooden. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre. I mean, it is, it is strange. For the unconventional ear, this probably sounds like a bit of a noise at first. The lyrics, as we said, about towns being made of wood. The singer has a bit of an affected high register. Um, his voice, it, it, it's the same singing voice as was in Winnie Pooh. Mm. Um, and I mean, to me, that voice is a little bit thin and reedy, um, but I don't think the vocals are the point here, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of weird because the sort of backing track actually is quite minimalist, despite the whole thing sounding a bit cacophonous at times is unusual yeah look at the link we'll put a link in the show notes as we always do to the songs you you need to watch this one you need to watch it because it feels like heat number 45 of a Balkan national final right (laughs) because it has got dark floodlights on the stage which um, means that they can have day glow props Mm -hmm. uh, one of which is like an illustrated face and and stuff. Um, well, it's like two halves of a shield. Yes. That come together to form a mask, but then they end up on the performer's arms and their like wings. Yeah. When later in the performance, he ends up dangling from a wire, having climbed up a painting and decorating ladder. Which now makes sense because of what Roy Delaney just pointed out about the name Riddell. Being the ladder. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> Wait a minute. There's... Say what you see. <laughs> there's no way this song's starting to make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a very industrial sound. There's industrial sort of sounds going on in the background, but also with these vocals of like hums and cries. I don't know, cries of pain or joy or what. They're just weird cries. Uh, backing dancers with some blue bobs throwing themselves around. Um, in sort of fringed outfits as well. Yeah. And at one point, they're riding each other like a sort of giant adult game of horsey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're all having fun on stage. Yeah, they're saddled up. Um, it's, it is, it's a, it's a 
kind of, it's a standout performance because it's so unusual. Um, but it's not as quite as sort of what the F as Winnie Pooh's performance was in 2013, where, you know, they had a drummer that was suspended upside down from the ceiling and, you know, it was completely bizarre. So it's certainly in that vein, but I think it, you know, even though there is a, a whole load of nonsense going on on the stage. It is a little bit reined in compared to that. <laughs> I mean, I I quite like it. I I like the fact that it's experimental, and I like the fact that something so experimental can get into a pre-selection for Eurovision, because you just could never imagine a country like the BBC taking a punt on even putting something like that in it. And I think in Estilal, they really have championed the off the wall um, and contemporary and unusual performers. They haven't just stuck to, you know, that what what do we think Eurovision is? Let's shove a slager and a ballad and, you know, a pop number in there. I mean, they're there, but there's something altogether stranger and more interesting going on in competitions like Estilau. It is what it's known for, I think. I think it's where you go to if you want to, not necessarily crazy songs that are crazy for the sake of it, but that little bit of point of difference, that little bit of edge to, yeah. This year, not so much, actually, but I think certainly this year and any other year, given year, that's where you go for Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff, yeah. So song number four, then, is, well, we just mentioned him, it's Koi Tume with We Could Have Been Beautiful. Well, what a difference <laughs> from the last song. Monty, what are your thoughts? Oh, well, we all know Coit from, you know, way back in 1998 when he sang Mere Lapsed, The Children of the Sea, and came 12th. And then I think even more so from 2017 when he duetted with Laura on Verona, which sadly didn't qualify, 14th in their semi-final for such a big fan favourite. Crazy. When you think that, that's the quintessential... Second cherry song, <laughs> second chance. Absolutely. <laughs> if we could, but they got to Eurovision, but yeah. So Coit's returned to his roots here. Okay? He's just sat at the piano like he was in 1998, uh, for the first part of the song at least. Um, so I don't know, maybe Verona taught him he can't do complicated choreography. Or stare weirdly into the camera. Yeah, I mean, that was the only choreography he had to do. You know, look moody in the camera at the right time. Um, but I think that was the thing with Verona. It was it's so dependent on getting the looks right at just the right point of the camera edit. And of course, in a video edit, you can do that. And that's why the video was so brilliant. But come on the stage and try to do it and you just get it that half second out. It looks ridiculous. Mm. You know, so there were parts of the staging of Verona that just really didn't sell it at all. I mean, he does okay here. There's a there's only there's only one moody look to camera. It's right at the very end when he has this kind of rueful look to the camera, uh, in keeping with the, the the song of, you know, what we could have been beautiful. It's a it's a mildly dramatic piano ballad. Um I think there's a there's a hint of greater interest in it that stands out a little bit because 
he adds a bit in a higher register rather than just singing it kind of in a you know in what feels like his natural register and we get another look at the uh, the big girls again they come on to do the the backing vocals here um i i like it i really it, it, it's quite unassuming as a song but it's very pleasant as well and i like the the theme i mean it, it it's a kind of a wistful look back at what feels like a brief youthful romance and pondering what might have been with it but there's a hint of the fact that it might all have been his fault why it broke up so there's lyrics like well i already feel i've moved on so it's that suggestion well you know i kind of got over it but now i'm looking back and i'm wondering about this and this this quite really lovely line i think it's i've lost the right to call you my love so it is almost saying something I've done has taken the ability for me to be this, me to call you this person in relationship to me. And I, I just, I thought that was a lovely line, actually. It is really tender song, actually. Um, it is a little bit beige for me, but he sings it flawlessly. I think you do have to give credit for that because, you know, so much, so many times we think, oh, that wasn't the best vocal. Um, but yeah, he's really sweet. He knows how to deliver this song. He does everything he can with this song, I think. He's like a cross between, I was trying to work this out. He reminds me of an American middle-aged white man singer. I can't, I, I don't know, but he reminds me of Gary Barlow and Cliff Richard mixed together. <laughs> that, make, that makes it sound like he's a bit old fuddy-duddy, but actually he very much knows his lane. And this is, I think this is probably the most Queet song Queet could ever write and sing. <laughs> Um, it does feel very him, doesn't yeah. it? Even though I don't really know much of his music, it does feel a very quick to me song. Yeah. I, I think it's... The problem is it's just uh, you don't remember it. You don't... You know, it's... I can't recall the chorus now, which is a bit of a shame. Cause it, but I do remember how it made me feel. Mm. So it is... It has... It's almost there. Just yeah. missing the melody, maybe? See, this is the song that I think they probably should have sent. Okay. Um... I don't know whether it's because there's a familiarity with Coit, so you're more attuned to it um, as a fan. But I feel this probably was a better song than Uku's. Um, having said that, I'm not sure that would have qualified either. And I think, you know, Coit having brought us the joy of Verona, I would like to see him come back and get to the final i think he you know deserves to to qualify and not have another um a, another song stick in the semi-finals so the last song that we're going to talk about is by andre zevakin and pluto and it's called wingman <laughs> There's something that attracts me to this song so much, and I'm not quite sure what it is, because it is odd, very odd. Um, it's kind of a bit rap, it's kind of a bit singing, a bit talking. The concept is really interesting. It's two guys in a nightclub on the pool, but it's kind of presented as this kind of inner dialogue 
um, that's going on. Um, with one of them talking about his anxieties about going up and approaching women in the nightclub. Um, and the other one, it starts off, it starts off as a kind of a call and response because the other one seems to be watching him from some kind of, you know, control room on the CCTV <laughs> and speaking to him as if he's kind of speaking into his earpiece or into his inner, inner thoughts. But then he comes and joins him on stage and then, you know, it, it's essentially he's being He's being the wingman, he's being the person who, you know, helps and assists him and he's kind of, he's encouraging him to go for it. And I think it, it, I mean, it is kind of unusual. The whole stage setup is like, you know, being in a nightclub and, you know, walking around and talking to various women. And this, it could be really cringy. You could interpret this as just, you know, it's a couple of lads on the mate, but we're, we're chatting up birds and, you know, and they're, they're a bit on the prowl and they're kind of moving on from, you know, one girl to another or, you know, to the next group of girls when, you know, when, when one doesn't show an interest or, you know, moves on with their mates. But I don't know, there's a kind of sweetness to the anxiety, um, that he's expressing. And the anxious one is actually saying at one point in the lyrics, uh, you know, I don't just want to kind of find a girl for a quick, for a quickie, you know, I actually want it to be a bit more meaningful and I want to be able to approach a woman with a relationship in mind kind of thing. So, yeah, it's kind of this, uh, something which just draws me into this. Yeah, I, I I know what you mean. For me, it was a bit too dark because they're trying to make it like a club. So it's very dark and there's like, you know, people with drinks at the bar and stuff like that. And I feel like it doesn't quite work the same way TV, it's kind of that literal translation of what's going on, mm-hmm. just wasn't quite working on TV, which is a bit of a shame because kind of it's kind of the only way you really can stage. stage I was going to say that I don't think you could have said no. just any other way because it is a narrative of what's exactly happening. It's just unfortunate, yeah. I think. Um, and like you said, it, on first glance, it is just two guys on the pool, but there is something here that just makes it, yeah, not cringy. It's quite derivative. The song, you know, it's got that kind of reggaeton. It's not reggaeton though. This is what I mean. It's a weird version of Spanish pop. It's a, it's got that sort of vibe to it. Um, hardly any melody, weirdly, or at least not pronounced. It's, it's kind mm. of rappy, spoky. Um, a little bit style over substance. I do get what you say about the lyrics. It's there. I can see why it has a little bit of a point of difference rather than just two lads looking mm. cool on stage but it just doesn't do much for me unfortunately I mean I wouldn't see this as you know a competitive song you know to send to Eurovision in any sense but I love it because it gives us something so different on stage at least they're not trying to be like Bieber like every other young lad out there trying to do this sort of same thing this does have a little bit of difference to it yeah there's a bit more substance there's a line there's a repeated line in the chorus um that translates as kind of you 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 don't know me yet i'll show you you know how things will be just come with me um and in the performance at the end of the performance the, you know the girl does go off with it um but i i watched the video which you know the video is essentially the same premise um but actually set in a nightclub it's you know there's there's much more there's a bigger cast so it, i think it's a bit more effective but in that the just come with me at the end is actually delivered by the bouncer who's got a hold of them both and is carting them out <laughs> i just thought that was quite it's sweet. quite playful yeah 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 so wingman there by andre zeverkin and pluto which of those five is gonna be selected as the second cherry well we'll find out in a moment after this 
Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. That's right. You heard it in the jingle. It's uh, That still makes me laugh, that jingle. Uh, <laughs> we might have to re-record it, do a different one for next series, maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. It still makes me laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, anyway, good thing of the week. That is good. Um, you know what it is by now. We just want to spread some positivity to combat all the rubbish we see online, especially on social media. So, this week, it was quite an easy one because <laughs> this made us kind of very happy at the Cherry Towers because there has been an announcement by Spain or RT, R, RTV, RTV yeah. R, Spanish TV <laughs> <laughs> uh, saying that they're going to have a national final next year. Not like the one this year uh, where it was just a two something, a proper national final, much like the Fe- uh, Festival de Cansao over in Portugal. But it's going to be in Benidorm. So naturally, what's the hashtag, Monty? Benevision. Benevision. <laughs> <laughs> we, Which makes me just think of Benny Christo. Yeah. Yeah, get him in. It would, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so essentially it's going to be like the Festival de Cancel, two galas, two semifinals. Um, and yeah, and then the final. And I don't know, I'm thinking this could be a nice little sunshine trip to Benidorm. Well, it's not just... Uh, a new format for the national final. It's a revival. Yes. Um, not of the national final, but it's a revival of the Festival de Benidorm. <laughs> <laughs> and which apparently ran from 1959 to 2006 as a kind of, you know, inspiration of San Remo. Yeah. Um, the press release said it was iconic. I mean, I'd never heard of it before, so I'm not sure how iconic it is. But, you know, maybe some Spaniards remember it. I think that the, the funny thing for us here as Brits, and, this, you know, we're coming from a very UK perspective, is that Benidorm is sort of seen as a place where uh, you go for a cheap sun holiday uh, and probably Spanish people in Benidorm are probably fed up of seeing so many Brits holiday. <laughs> I'm all for a cheap sun holiday if yeah. you get to go and see this. Do you know what? Cheap sun holiday with a beach and a national final to I mean, boot. it will be February, so it'll not be that warm, but, you know, February, Benidorm February oh, is a bit like, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit like UK June, so I'm happy to go yeah, I'm well get happy. a bit of winter sun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll write, pencil that in, Monty. We'll have a think about that one. Oh, this, yeah. Right. Mofasani Spain. España. Well, you know, it's... Um... We'll get deported if we sing that. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, can we do that music right? Oh, we've done it now. Uh, <laughs> so that's it. That made us very happy this week because we get we know we're gonna, what we're going to talk about, at least in one episode in next year's second cherry so um that is our matt and monty's good thing of the week that is good it's good oh that's good that is so monty tell us what song have we selected to be oh i forgot we still had to do that i was just <laughs> gonna go into how they could contact us <laughs> why are we well, doing yeah, this why are we doing well, well there's an existential question <laughs> the second cherry for Estonia is it's the big girls yes Surid Tudrukud with Heaven's Not That Far Tonight Just these 
Yeah, well happy with this. This went down a storm with the second cherry team. We have to say, when we selected this, we had it on a big screen, well, big TV. We had it up loud. We had a few drinks. It absolutely knocked us out of the park. Um, and that's essentially what Second Cherry is when we have the live final. So, yeah, it's fun, isn't it? It's fun. Play it loud when you play our playlist, which you will do, of course. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to tell them how they can get in touch. So if you want to let us know your thoughts, you can contact us on Twitter at Second Cherry, Instagram second underscore cherry, Facebook is the Second Cherry Podcast, and we also want to hear you from you on email, which is hello at secondcherry.vision. That's hello at secondcherry.vision. Please do drop us a line. Tell us what you think. Tell us that you love us. Tell us nice things. Give us a synopsis of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and make us sound like we're really knowledgeable and great. Which we are. Which we are. Yeesh. Mm, (laughs) five minutes before we record (laughs) don't give all the secrets away (laughs) thanks for listening thank you so much we'll see you next week okay well we'll not see you because we're you know we can't see you through whatever you're listening to the podcast on but you know we'll be there we'll we'll connect with you next week (laughs) end it cut cut see ya